Hello, fellow Kentuckians and other friends, and welcome to a new edition of my old Kentucky podcast. Joining me this week for the last time, for now, is Allison Wiseman. Allison, how are you this week? I'm really sad it's my last week. I'm not going to lie. I've really enjoyed doing this. Well, um, well, well <laughs> yeah, I've really enjoyed having you. So, you know, we, we've got we've got other people who are going to be filling in for the next little bit. But, you know, it has been fun. So we'll have you back sometime. You know, it's always oh, been so honored i feel like there's been so much that has happened in yeah. the three weeks that i've been here it, it has been a very momentous momentous time in lots of different ways uh so yeah uh it's it's been it's been fun it's been real uh it is uh also hours before we normally record because i'm catching yes. a flight after this is over so if you hear extra ums or thes or whatever it's because i haven't edited the show i just dropped it the way that we recorded it so don't mess up uh, Pressure is on. <laughs> what we're talking about this week. So first of all, Anthony Piagentini, Louisville Metro Council member, he was he was found guilty in his uh, ethics trial. So we're going to be talking about that. Then uh, something that I thought was kind of interesting, Craig Greenberg, Louisville mayor, he released a $250, $250 million request from state government. So I don't really remember Greg Fisher ever doing this, but it's like a direct budget request for the city of the state government. So we'll talk about what was in there and the prospects for any of that stuff getting passed. And then there's, of course, just a few quick hits. So, um, yeah, are you are you excited, Allison, to talk about Anthony Piagentini? Oh, you have no idea, Robert, how <laughs> excited I am. For those who don't might not know who Anthony Piagentini is, he is the councilman from District 19 which I believe is all of J-Town. It's more like, Middletown. It's not, it's not, Middletown. well, yeah. He, he, I think he has a lot of J-Town, but he definitely has all of Middletown. Um, yeah, it's yeah. the farther east before you get into like Shelby County yeah. area of our county. Um, it's, he also- Allison, it's where I grew up. It's that's the uh, secret. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I keep trying to get one. I try to get. I, I keep trying to get either my mom or dad to run against him. But uh. I'm like, can we find anybody? Um, <laughs> yeah. But Councilman Piagentini also lives on Twitter. He's infamous for his <laughs> tampon tweet and pad tweet from like three weeks, two weeks ago. Oh, there's lots <laughs> of things. He 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 mixes it up with everybody on there. Like he's he one of these. Does. He's he's one of these public officials that like can't ever let anything lie like you know right. it's it's like to comment on everything you and i you know while you know while while we are not entirely powerless individuals like you know he he feels like he needs to clap back at people like us which is not necessary like you know it's just not <laughs> it is yeah. not necessary um but yeah so we on the podcast jasmine and robert and others have talked about this trial several times since the story broke and the story of it all but there was a massive development in the saga he was found guilty of the ethics violations by the Louisville Metro Ethics Commission I believe it was on six of the seven I guess charges right is what it was so definitely almost a hundred percent um so as a refresher if you aren't really up to speed with what all is going on with Councilman Piagentini back in February the center for investigative reporting, published a story alleging that Piagentini used his influence to steer a $40 million grant to the Louisville Healthcare CEO Council while he was under consideration for a job with the nonprofit. Kevin Fields, the CEO of Louisville Central Community Centers, which was also in consideration for that grant, then filed an ethics complaint in the wake of the investigation. The Ethics Commission investigated, held four days of testimony. And then found Piagentini guilty of six of the seven charges, yeah, brought against him. 
The commission uncovered that while Piagentini was a co-sponsor of the ordinance that gave them money to the Louisville Healthcare CEO Council, he accepted a consulting deal with them that paid 20 grand a month. A month, Robert. Yeah, it's a nice deal if you can get it, you know. (laughs) Like, that's insane. After securing the deal, he did recuse himself of the final vote on the ordinance. You know, how generous of him, but... The final vote was not close. Piagentini was unanimously found guilty by the board, which is bipartisan in nature. They gave him the maximum allowable fine and recommended that Metro Council remove him from office. And so Piagentini is, of course, not going quietly. On the day of his conviction, he had plenty of bad stuff to say about the Ethics Commission and called the process partisan. I also believe the Republican Jefferson County Republican Party released a statement horribly designed on canva might i add saying that it was all corrupt in a witch hunt and it was all greg fisher's people on this commission yada 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 yeah so that's where, that, that's where we're at in the grieving process of this all everybody <laughs> so some choice quotes from the councilman where i will not go down with this biased ridiculous opinion i'm looking forward to having my day i've been quiet with respect to the process but that will be no more he also called the process complete travesty of justice and promised to use every legal means at his disposal, at my disposal, to fight this. He also said, I am not a perfect human, but I would rather die than accept what they accuse me of. That's a little dramatic. A little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's a council seat. Like, I don't know what we're doing here, but that's a little dramatic. He would rather die. That's tough. He would rather die than not be on Metro Council, Robert. Um, And so the council is the body with the power to expel members. Uh, two members have been expelled in the past, Judy Green in 2011 and Dan Johnson in 2017. Uh, Barbara Shanklin had faced expulsion in 2013 but was not voted out of office. All the members facing expulsion in the past have been Democrats and were expelled by a Democratic majority. Piagentini is the first Republican to face expulsion and he is definitely playing up that partisan angle. And then right now, the ball is in Mayor Greenberg's court. While Metro Council votes on the removal, the mayor or five members of council must bring it before the council. Mayor Greenberg has been pretty open in providing some comments about the situation and said that he would respond and we'll see what happens. You know, the pessimism of our politics is definitely on full display here. Um, Mayor Greenberg did say in a press conference last week, he didn't say that he supported removal or was calling for it, but he definitely said that, you know, what was found was pretty troubling. And then we found out he has now canceled that grant for the, um, CEO council, $40 million. So he has now removed it and is now putting it towards parks, other public works and Mm -hmm. sectors and um, areas throughout Metro Louisville, which is great that it's going to be going towards places. I know another place it's going to is pools, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty Mm -hmm. big, hot topic in Louisville with the closing of pools in the West End and the South End. So we'll see what happens. And so Piagentini is the most vocal Republican on Metro Council and is throwing the kitchen sink at this charge. And by vocal, we mean on Twitter, of course, and in the hall. He just likes to council. mix it up. He likes to get invited. <laughs> he mixes it up. And so that while the accusations absolutely merit expulsion, we fully expect that the Republicans will retreat to their partisan corners and will call this process inappropriate. So, Robert, you know, I was when I was when these other few members have been expelled from council i don't want to sit here and call you old by all means it's not what i'm doing <laughs> i was like 10 15 years old wow what's going on that's nuts 
That's so nuts. So do you remember like any? I hate of these this. I hate canceled. this. I quit my own show. <laughs> We're canceled, and Alice is canceled. You're out of here. Uh, like Dan Johnson, you know, was a little more recent. Like, what do you remember? Yeah, from yeah. Any like expulsion. I would say, I would say these were much. This was like enriching family members was judy green's thing like putting family members on the payroll uh and and like using neighborhood funds to to pay like you know to basically enrich her friends and family and stuff um she was expelled but one of the things that happened when she left was that was when attica scott took over um yeah they, they she was replaced by attica scott and then attica scott was defeated in a primary the next time that seat was up by by judy green's daughter um okay. jessica green who of course now is uh part of the the greenberg administration um yeah and okay. then dan johnson actually did not even go through the ethics process this was he had been a pretty significant creep for a while uh was known but i mean if i know about it right that means it's pretty pretty well well known across the community and he yeah he had done some really inappropriate stuff and yeah, they just expelled him. They were just like, "You're out of here, man." Um, he had served forever. He was an alderman in the old city of Louisville, so he'd like been in city government for an extremely long time. And yeah, they just kicked him out. And then Barbara Shanklin also had some significant issues with like putting family members on payroll and stuff. But it was like a little bit more legitimate. I feel like maybe the person who was at the center of that like qualified was qualified for some of the positions. And it was kind of in the wake of Judy Green in 2011. And they're like, well, if we're going to do this to Judy Green. We should, you know follow up barbara shanklin's still there you know she's still yeah, she's still there yeah so she survived and has been reelected several times um but yeah i do i do wonder like you know this is the first time like it's about that person themselves enriching themselves in much more of like a pay-to-play type situation yeah. instead of using city resources to like you know that you have direct control over so it is a little different it's just as bad, and I feel like it's actually even worse because this is this is forty million dollars that went yeah. to. The, and, and there's other been other stuff. Uh, I didn't, I, I haven't read as deeply into this, but I do know that WDRB has some pretty significant reporting about this Louisville Healthcare CEO Council that mm-hmm. is pretty bad to say like they were not in a position to really accept forty million dollars and know what to do with it. This is a kind of a self dealing company anyway, like a family. Like it's you know they they have they control a lot of money and they just give it also to their family members. It's kind of a running theme in the city, <laughs> uh, and and yeah, it is it is. We're all nepo babies here. Many of us are. Yes, that's true. Uh, not me. Uh, not you. But not uh, me. yeah, no, no. Uh, there are a lot of those in the city though, running around. So that there is there. This is this is pretty bad. This is bad. Yeah. But it is like it is a little bit of like that Donald Trump problem. Where, like, this is a bad person who's done bad things, uh, and, you know, but, like, you know, can you cry partisanship and say, like, no, it's the other side just trying to persecute me enough that you can just get away with things just because of partisanship? And that's definitely seems to be what Anthony Piagentini's trying to get away with. We'll see if it works. I mean, to me, it takes even more backbone to convict somebody of the different party when they're... Uh, when, when they're, you know, when they've done things that merit that, then to let them, like, to let the status quo pass by, because they, the Democrats who vote to expel him will face a lot of criticism from Republicans, they will get raked across the coals by people, they will have people run against them in, in districts that are going to be tough. So this is going to take a lot of courage, but I certainly hope they take it up, because, I mean, this is corruption at its, at its most base 
base, you know, situation. Everybody on the ethics commission agreed. Um, you know, Anthony Piagentini can say as much as he wants to about how it's a, a biased Greg Fisher board, but like Greg Fisher had to put Republicans on the board and he put Republicans right. on the board. It's, yeah. yeah, it's a fairly bipartisan board. It's by design. You have to be a Republican. You to, have yeah. to have it. And like for me, it's been really telling that Mayor Greenberg has been so outspoken about it. I mean, I don't know what Mayor Fisher was like when he was there with the scandals of these in 2011, 2017, and 2013. But Mayor Greenberg's been pretty open about how he does not appreciate that this happened. He's, like I said, direct redirecting those funds. Mm-hmm. Been very open about it. So I think that's also pretty telling as well. I mean, you have obviously your council president and, and Marcus Winkler and your council leaders, but when you have the mayor openly talking about this, it's pretty bad. Yeah. One other thing about the, the the previous expulsion attempts is, you know, all three of the people who faced this charge in the past have been from, you know, the western part of the city. Like, you know, Judy Green is the first district, which is up in the northwest corner of the city. Uh, you know, Judy Green, I think is or not. Uh, sorry. Uh, Barbara Shanklin is right there. I think she's might be even district two. So like all like she's somewhere in the West End. I think and, she's district two because district one is Cammy. Yeah, right. And, um, and that was Judy Green yeah. before. It was District One, um, and then and then Dan Johnson is is like Southwest, um, yeah, yeah, and, and and you know South and West. Uh, I guess he, you know, I I don't really know exactly. Like I think he might have had Beachmont. I don't exactly know where his district was, but it was not like the Highlands or the East End or, or St. Matthews or, yeah. or anything like that. Like this is the first kind of expulsion trial where it is somebody from like the eastern part of the county. Um, mm-hmm. which there is a geographic component to this as well. Um, so we'll see we'll see about this because you know we did we have you know there there has been some other like corruption stuff that's happened where there have been some you know wonderings about would this person be expelled or not. And basically all of the controversy about like people getting in trouble have mostly been like people from um, the old city of Louisville. And this is first from the first time from somebody from outside of that area who is more like Jefferson County, East Louisville, that kind of area. So also a geographic component. But yeah, a lot going on there. Um, Allison, end of the day, do you think that Piagentini gets removed from office? I do. And I think it's also really important to note that in this past session, they passed a bill that became a law that redid the makeup of a special election. Right. So what's happen is you'll have someone will call for his removal uh uh, council president marcus swinkler will then hold the vote let's say he gets removed he's then removed from council then you have to set up a special election Mm -hmm. which i feel like we have at least one a year in kentucky at this point but somewhere in the state but this one will be interesting because it's in a district where I believe when Piagentini ran last, which was last fall, he, didn't he did not have, an have a he didn't have an opponent, and so you're now running into this thing of well, is there anybody even out there that would put there. their hat in the ring for this? You know, are Republicans going to use Piagentini again on the ballot? Like, can they? I think they can still do that. Yeah, I think they can um, too. Mm-hmm. So they can. I mean, are they going to re-put him on the ballot, or are they going to find someone and have maybe? Like what we have in our council areas that are super blue, 8, 10, 12 people running for this seat. Like it's going to be really interesting to see what all happens. I do think he gets removed and just the fallout and who all ends up being on this ballot and who the parties, you know, support, nominate, whatever. It's going to be really interesting because this is, like you said, east part of the county. 
red, purple, however you want to look at it. So it'll be really interesting. It, that That's another whole wrinkle to this. So what happens next is absolutely going to be interesting if he is removed, because this is not a district that is as Republican as it was when I was growing up. Like, it is definitely purple at this point. I was surprised Piagentini didn't pick up a challenger um, last time he ran. Um, you know, he, if they put him back on the ballot, he's going to have to beat this corruption charge with... And then, I mean, voters out there, are, you know, voters know where... Voters, everywhere care about corruption uh, but i, I oh, think yeah. it's going to be it's going to be a tough thing for him to overcome i there's no doubt to me that there will be a republican challenger in a special election they're they're always going to find somebody in a special election because it's the only job to find like one person to run for that office there are a lot of good democrats out there um yeah and and i will be very uh, very interested to see how that campaign goes this is part of town that is is much more democratic than it was in the recent past, and it is an area where Democrats are going to have to figure out how to win if they want to be competitive in on any level of state government moving forward. So, yep. um, well, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really really interesting. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. Never a dull moment. All right. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about: Craig Greenberg's big budget request. So, Louisville Mayor Craig Greenberg unveiled his budget request to state government this week he is asking for 250 million dollars for a bunch of different stuff so first and foremost greenberg did ask for several things in the criminal justice realm that would not cost any money first of all he asked for the city to be given the ability to destroy guns confiscated in crimes instead of selling them which is now required by law it was also something he really pushed in his campaign he also threw his support behind a couple of Republican ideas, uh, including a law that would allow for more wiretapping and uh, making carjacking a crime. So carjacking is already a crime. If you steal somebody's car, it's already a crime. It's already a crime. There's, I don't know, it's double crime, I guess. You get a new a new crime. You get a charge with a different crime. I don't understand exactly why this is like a thing people want, uh, but, you know, whatever. Uh, I guess you just get a different crime instead of the crime you would have had before. Um, but that is those were Republican ideas. This Republican crime bill, uh, Jasmine and I talked about a few weeks ago. Um, both of these ideas were were put forth by that, and we'll get into like why Greenberg may be adding these into his budget request in a, in a little bit here. So uh, there are a lot of ideas that cost a lot of money in here, and all of them would be really good for for Louisville and really for the state as a whole. He requested $50 million for the Affordable Housing Trust Fund. Housing, I think, biggest issue in the city right now, without a doubt in my mind. There's other, you know, crimes, big thing, but, uh, you know, I think that the, the, at the core, uh, you know, housing is the thing people are the most upset about right now. Um, and then, in addition, um, there, Greenberg wanted, for, and this would be like a, a no-cost change, he wanted there to be a change in eviction law that would benefit tenants. I think the, the, the change he's asking for is, like, if uh, you're a tenant and you uh, take something to court, like if your landlord is, is saying something about you and you take them to court and you win, that is removed from your record. Um, right now, if you go to court, that stays with you even if you win. So future you know, landlords can be like, oh, God, this guy's a problem or whatever like that. And they may not rent you the property for whatever reason. So that would take care of that. That would be a, a, a great change, I think. Um, Greenberg also requested $30 million for downtown revitalization and $20 million over two years for universal pre-K in Louisville. Um, Josie Raymond really pushed for this to be a big issue in the mayoral election last time. I'm a big supporter of this. I really believe in this. Um, so, so I certainly hope that this is something that happens, but I don't have a lot of hope for it. We'll get into that as well. 
Many of the other requests were for specific infrastructure items. So, Allison, you mentioned pools in the west and south end as being a big issue. This is a big piece of the budget request. So, Mayor Greenberg requested $7 million for the Algonquin pool in the West End, which needs a significant amount of repairs before it's able to be used again. Plus, he wants $15 million for aquatics facilities in South Louisville, I think, to repair or create an, uh, a, a new pool and then also an indoor pool in South Louisville, natatorium. That would be pretty cool. Mayor Greenberg also wants $12 million for infrastructure around the soccer stadium, $11 million for public libraries, $20 million for projects among the Belvedere and lots of other stuff. You can go look it up. Um, the, the, the city website has the entire budget request if you want to see all of this stuff. So um, wh- how is this going to happen? Obviously, Greenberg, Democratic mayor, um, the legislature who controls the budget, they are all Republicans. So Representative Jason Nemes, who... You know, he's a, he's a Louisville Republican um, who is a state representative. You're you're making a face. I'm making it in my heart. Uh, it is uh, he he is he is who he is. Um, he is he's got a lot of power. Um, he is a member of Republican leadership in the House of Representatives. He lives in Louisville. He he always talks about how much he wants to work with Democrats, despite like not ever delivering on anything. Um, but he did say that you know, quote, "I am glad to see Mayor Greenberg bringing fresh ideas and renewed uh, spirit of co- cooperation to work together to improve our city. While we don't agree on all the issues and we have great challenges, we have a great place to live, and I look forward to working with Mayor Greenberg to make it even better." Unquote. So Nemus like you know, isn't like dismissing this out of hand, which that's very good. I think that that's the first step. Uh, and, and, you know, as house majority whip, he has the power to bring some of this to, um, you know, the budget discussions and sounds like he, he wants to do some of it. So we'll, we'll see. Nemus also said that the request was big, um, and that he thought that the plan was for four years when actually it's like for one budget. So, um, you know, I, that, that portends poorly for the entire plan, but I don't think there was any way that Democrats or Greenberg was going to get everything he, he asked for. Um, I alluded to this a second ago, but like ever since Nemus went into the house, he's always talked a big game about, you know, being in favor of like restoring votes for former felons. Um, you know, uh, he, he did eventually deliver on medical marijuana. So, you know, that's, that's good. He delivered on sports betting. So that took a while. Um, so I'm, maybe I need to update that talking point, you know, um, he has been a little bit helpful on, on a few items, um, so, you know, maybe he, he can help to get some of this across the finish line. Um, I do think that some of this infrastructure stuff stands a good chance to get funded. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the pool stuff happened. Like, I think the Algonquin pool, um, I think the South Louisville pools, I think that, you know, Republicans want credit in those areas for doing some good stuff. And, and Greenberg, um, you know, I think he stands a good chance to get some of that funded. I, I think some of the downtown revitalization, this is like a, a, a talking point of the Republicans also. So I think that like that the the infrastructure that was specific items in the West and South End, I think that's the highest likelihood that I think has to pass. I think in the middle are like the downtown infrastructure pieces and some of the bigger requests for like, you know, the, the soccer stadium and the Belvedere stuff. Like, I think that that stuff's kind of in the middle, but the stuff that I think has little to no hope are like the, the democratic issues like affordable housing and pre-K. Um, while I wish those were bipartisan issues and they are in many other states, those issues, housing and uh, pre-K certainly seem to be Democratic issues here in the state of Kentucky. Um, for whatever reason, Republicans don't have any interest in 
putting people in housing or getting kids educated. Like that just is not a, a priority for Republicans this year. Um, the one thing I do think is guaranteed to pass are those Republican uh, crime initiatives about like the wiretapping piece. The wiretapping piece may be a little bit less, so there is some Republican opposition to that, it sounds like. Um, but the carjacking, making that a double crime, um, I think it's highly likely. And I wonder, you know, Greenberg obviously wants to curry favor with the Republicans in the legislature who control the purse, purse string. So that may be one of the reasons why he he included these in his his request. So Allison, with all of that said, um, do you did I miss anything in my list of things that you think are definitely going to pass? Do, are there any items on this list that you would really like to see as a person who lives in Louisville um that would you what would you like to see funded and any of that kind of stuff um I have many thoughts on (laughs) many things Jason Nemus promises and says Uh. but for me personally so I was a lifeguard for years at Douglas Hills pool out in Middletown in Douglas Hills Jason Nemus's district of course it is why wouldn't it be and then um so but a big problem that many people don't realize is Louisville does not have many public pools. They have we have the splash pads. Yeah. yeah, we have splash pads at Waterfront Park. That does not count. Douglas Hills is a public pool. You have mm. Plainview, which is a public pool, which is literally one mile from Douglas Hills. There, you have Plainview. Plainview is at this end of the road. Douglas Hills is at the other end of the road, and there's a road that connects both neighborhoods. You have the Maher Natatorium. That's a that's a public pool. We have Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer, which is also in the East End, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also in the East End. So if y'all are noticing a pattern here, mm-hmm. there ain't no pool west of, like, 9th Street, especially. Mm-hmm. I mean, there, there used to be the Algonquin pool. pool. There, um, but there used to be the Algonquin pool. And it would be it was really hard for me to lifeguard and see people who would come to the pool from the West End. And it would take 30-plus minutes to get there. It would be a scorching hot day. We would be overcrowded because we are there's very limited public pool options anyway in the city. They would come all the way out here. We wouldn't have a chair available. It would be packed. It would just it would be it's a it's a mess. Like it, it is yeah. a genuine mess. And it's unfair to these residents that they don't have access to an adequate swimming pool that's public and open to all who live in the area or anybody in the city, honestly. They have to truck all the way across town to try and cool off mm-hmm. in a hundred degree summer weather. Plus, you know the humidity making it one hundred fifteen degrees. Mm-hmm. And if that's something that I've been super passionate about, because I've been in the pool industry since I was sixteen years old. Yeah, and it's something that I want, and I want to believe and hope that Republicans who control the legislature will really understand this need and fix these pools so that residents in the South End, in the West End, will have easier access to a freaking swimming pool, for crying out loud. I mean, you would think this would be something that everybody would want, but then again, like you said, these people don't even want people to have access to universal pre-K. So, like, I don't know (laughs) what to expect at all. You know, what you said absolutely rings true about people having access to pools just because like people deserve to have access to pools in the summer that's something cities should provide but also these things work as diversion programs like you know there is a huge uh you know issue with like kids not having enough to do and that leading to that leading to crime like that is something and and like you know that that is something that a lot of the leaders in out the you know the several of the west end neighborhoods have pointed to is like since that pool closed we have seen increasing numbers of like younger children 
involved in criminal activity. And yeah, when you have like something to do, like go to the pool, that's something to do that's different than, than get in trouble. Yeah, um, it can get you off the streets, yeah. get you out of trouble. It, and like all of this, so they want to do this crime bill, but in this crime bill or the Kentucky Safe Act, whatever they're calling it, it's all these things, but they're not doing any work to address what leads yeah. to those things happening. And that's what's so frustrating. Yeah. I know parts of this bill, I mean, the budget's great. I think I think Mayor Greenberg's doing a really good job at trying to work. I mean, he understands he ain't going to get anything done unless he works with them. That's mm-hmm. just how this works. And I think he is doing a really good job at reaching out and trying to work with both sides of the aisle. I mean, Louisville's um, representation in Frankfurt is fairly democratic, but of course the Republicans control the legislature. So you have to work with both parties here. And I appreciate the work that he's doing and really pushing hard to get relationships to help improve Louisville. But I just, Republicans down there, like one day they wake up and want to help Louisville and one day they wake up and want to burn it to the ground. Like, I don't know. I don't know their actual stance on Louisville. Yeah. So it'll it'll be interesting. There isn't one. There's just a lot of different types of Republicans in Frankfurt, some of which want to light it on fire and some of which want to save it and, right, and it's the people who are as far east as like yeah corbin hazard pikeville as far north as wherever savannah maddox is in boone county dry ridge and you got far west yeah. yeah i got far west and fulton and hickman like it's people from three plus hours away from louisville who probably ain't even been to louisville yeah who have the most to say and control over what happens to us yep. and that's what's so frustrating to me Yep. Is that Louisville, it's the largest city, it's the big biggest economic boom for the state. All of this stuff happens, but you're not doing anything to address anything to make it better. You're just constantly attacking it. Yeah. And that's what's just so frustrating about being a, someone who lives in Louisville, the supermajority in Frankfurt, that's Republican, and it's just this constant cycle of just doom that we all feel. Yeah, you know, I'm glad that you're doing this instead of me. This is usually my role on the show is to, to have this, like, uh, this mental breakdown about, like, this. And, and what yeah, I will yeah, say... I'm having a breakdown. Yeah. What I will say is, like, Republicans do feel like they have solutions for Louisville a lot of the time, but, like, their solutions are not the solutions that Louisville would pick for itself. Um, no. and, and, you know, I do understand that they think that, like, cutting taxes for people is, like, just solving most of the problems or, like, right. making sure the police have, like, I don't know, like, laser guns or whatever is going to save the city. But, like, that's... Laser guns! Yeah. I, I don't think that that's what the city wants. I don't think that that's what we would determine for ourselves. Um, but they don't seem interested in us being being able to make our own decisions. They want to make them for us. Right. Um, and that's another piece of... It's super frustrating. Yeah. Yep. And I know other red states, and by when I mean red states, I mean pretty conservatively controlled legislatures. You think about places state. like Nashville, Tennessee, Austin, yeah, Texas. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think of them... Um, Indianapolis. Montgomery, Alabama. Yeah, yeah like they all face such similar challenges. I think of poor West Virginia that I think has three Democrats in the legislature, and I'm like, oh God, that sounds brutal. Yeah, no, they, yeah, it's, uh, well, you know, Kentucky and West Virginia have been following a very similar trajectory. Like they had a Democratic House up until I think 20. 20- 14 and we had one until 2016 in in our house there's just the house of delegates or the house of representatives yeah, yeah we're down to 25 and i do think that they're down to like 10 or like nine or something like that it's i mean crazy. three senators yeah um it's something crazy but yeah it's a it's a similar and you know there's a lot we have a lot in common with them we do have louisville though they don't have like their biggest city is charleston which is not not, the not nearly as big yeah. as louisville yeah, not um, as urban. But- mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but before we, you know, move on, I do want to make sure that we do highlight your comment about uh, Jason Nemes having a long history of throwing his support behind the ideas of some Dems. I just think of that lovely gif that someone had made of him bear hugging Governor Bashir. Oh, <laughs> after I believe was it the, the sports betting thing, yeah, or one of the two, yeah, yeah. Which you know, <laughs> it, example, I, I, example. It is you know he he's a deeply frustrating person. Um, he's definitely become significantly oh, more conservative. But I, my my go to line was he never is able to deliver on any of his promises, and I I do have to change that. I do have to change what I said there because he did deliver and gave Andy Bashir a hug, and you know maybe that helps us. <laughs> In, in the election there, uh, i highly recommend all y'all go yeah. on twitter and yeah. just probably yeah. look in your gift section just look up jason nemes and i guarantee you it'll pop up yeah but um but also you know there was public polling and a lot of support for that mm-hmm. that they all had their hands tied at this point I mean, it's an election year that's it's a good very point. popular yeah governor Bashir was openly supporting it you know that i think that kind of helped you know move the needle a little bit but like i said Go look up the bear hug gift and you'll you'll understand why Robert has always said what he has said. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to quick hits. So, uh, Allison, did you watch that debate last night? I'm going to be honest. So, um, ever since I've been dealing with some family issues and uh, death in the family, I've not been watching the debates because what Daniel Cameron says really triggers my anger stage of grief because I'm so tired of hearing Bidenomics, Biden, crazy, (laughs) repeat. Um, so I did not watch last night's debate, but I watched 15 minutes of WLKY's debate. Which is today? Saturday. Oh, Saturday. Okay. <laughs> on Saturday, because my mom was like, I really want to watch it, take our mind off of things. And I was like, I really don't want to do this, but for you, I will do it. And so we watched the first 15 minutes of it, and the question was brought up about abortion and rape and incest and the, the question, I mean, at every debate, the exact same questions have been asked and the exact same answers have been given. And Daniel Cameron did his thing about not answering the question in the absolute slightest. And my mom looked at me and she goes, turn it off. I'm done. <laughs> <like>, Thank you. <laughs> so turned it off. Um, but I kept up on Twitter this morning when I went through it and I saw the biggest punchline was, Governor Bashir literally said, look at the camera and tell Renee Shaw and everybody, which, by the way, shout out to Renee Shaw, deserves all the bourbon in the world for having to do this all the time, um, and asked the attorney general to clarify his stance on school vouchers. Yeah. And he did. He word salad the whole thing. And Governor Bashir said, OK, turn the camera on me. I 100 percent do not support school vouchers and just went on this thing about how he supports public education and to me, the strategy behind Governor Bashir literally giving up his own time to force the attorney general to answer these questions and him still not answering this, these questions just proves that he genuinely does not know where he stands on anything yeah. and is not willing to be truthful and honest mm-hmm. with voters about his stance. Like, it's your stance, dude. Own up to it. Yeah, Own I it. think that he understands that, like, his stance isn't popular. Like, he right. is pro-voucher. There's no doubt in my mind that he is, but he knows that that doesn't play well. So he has to just like refocus everybody's attention to Joe Biden and Donald Trump as opposed to Andy Bashir, who supports the popular anti-voucher position versus him, who 
is at a step with Kentuckians on the issues. He just shares a party with Donald Trump, who is popular yep. in Kentucky. Yeah, and that's that's the situation. Um, and there's another debate tonight, Robert. Yeah. I don't know why we have more debates. Whoever well, signed us all up for like 30 of them, I don't know why you, you know, did that to us. Allison, but I you, hope your pillow was hot. <laughs> Allison, you're, you're in, you're in, you know, you have this, you're having like, family issues you got all this going on you're like i just can't make time in my mind for debate i you know i i I have no real issues i'm getting ready to go on vacation i'm feeling good my my, i don't like i didn't have to put my kid to bed last night she's with her grandparents (laughs) and i still didn't watch because i don't want to i i still just don't want to do it i don't like so it is mentally draining yeah having to listen to i mean it's also i mean for us political nerds it's I mean, too much. you watch the debates, but it's the, I mean, it's the same questions, the same answers. And I get it. They're all in different media markets, different things. I get it. But I'm so tired of hearing the Bidenomics, the Biden, the Andy Bashir is crazy. This and this and this and this. And this. Like, I'm just I'm over it. These yeah. 14 days can 14 days. Soon enough. It's almost over. Enough. It's almost over. Yeah. All right, next quick hit. The Capitol is being renovated, and it was announced that in 2025, the legislature would need to go somewhere else. They aren't going to be able to meet in their normal chambers because they're being renovated. Uh, And so they're trying to figure that out. Where are they going to meet? Allison, my suggestion is just don't. Just don't meet. Take 2025 off. Just no no legislative session. What do you think about that idea? I mean, I mean, it can't be worse than what happens when they are in session. Exactly. You know, I, it might be beneficial. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. Maybe you know, but, they will all actually get off Twitter and go actually do something. With touch their grass, life. as they say. Uh, I, touch grass. Yeah, I back in the day, Allison. It wasn't really until like 15 or tw- maybe maybe about 15 years ago, maybe a little bit more. They used to only meet every other year, uh, and they didn't. Let's meet get every back year. to that. Yeah, yeah. That was like a that was like when Joe Girth moved from being a reporter to a columnist that was like actually one of his first columns was the legislature should just meet every other year again uh yeah and i i think that that's not such a bad idea um okay uh you you added this one but it is good information uh republicans came up with a poll at the end of last week showing andy bashir winning but only by two points 47 to 45 over daniel cameron the bashir camp then released their own internal poll showing bashir up 52 to 44 up eight points um you know both of these polls are uh, well, okay. So the Republican one was done by Coefficient, which is a group that was like quite literally founded by people who are like very close to Daniel Cameron. Like the people doing the poll are close to Daniel Cameron. <clears throat> the Bashir poll was done by the Yang, uh, the what is it, Garen Hart Yang uh, yeah. and Associates, which is a well-known pollster who does polling all over the uh the state of kentucky they've been doing kentucky for a very very long time and they do a lot of other southern states so while it is an internal paid for by the uh by the campaign it is by a a, a firm that is pretty well known um and i don't think coefficient is all as well known uh and is by done by people who are closer to the the, the candidate themselves so uh you know you can manipulate internal polls in a lot of different ways you just kind of you know you have to manipulate what your underlying assumptions are about the electorate, and a lot of different numbers came out. The fact that they were only able to show Daniel Cameron losing, they didn't release one with him like up one or something, um, tells me a lot. Um, yeah. And, and the Bashir one being up eight, you know, it is what it is. Um, 14 days, still freedom. I still have, uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm kind of basing it on gut feeling, which is, is okay. I'm feeling okay right now. I'm shocked at how okay I feel, actually. Um, but, yeah, still not comfortable. Never will be. Um, how about you? Um, I think it was very telling. for So for those who remember the very first poll that came out right after the primary for Daniel Cameron, this is the same firm that did that poll that had Cincinnati spelled wrong. They polled Cincinnati, right. but I think they met Northern Kentucky. Um, so I don't really trust anything that comes from that poll because that's embarrassing. But <laughs> um, I feel pretty confident, honestly. You know, it was really crazy to be i was in the hospital all last week and local tv was on and all you saw was andy ads back to back to back to back to back to back to back we never saw a daniel ad right. at all and we were on i think it was wlky um so cbs and it was it was crazy to see you had the hadley ad you had now a new ad that's a mix of the judge and hadley which i didn't know was a new ad um so it's just a mix of the ads and then you have this new couple that we talked about last week. So it's just constant TV commercials just being thrown at you right now mm -hmm. from Andy and the packs and stuff. And there's just not Daniel doesn't have the funds for it. I mean, you look at the funds for it, Andy and packs are com completely beating. Yeah. Daniel, and the packs by like multiple million dollars. Yeah. And ad yeah. right now. And I think that's also going to really play a part. Because it's just the constant, like I see people on Twitter all the time. Now, granted, it's Twitter, and I hate Twitter, but who Republicans are tweeting and they're like, "Your messaging sucks. Why aren't you on my TV? Why aren't you? Why isn't RGA doing this?" And I'm just like, you know, people are just kind of like, this thing's a joke, honestly. Yeah. And so I, I'm confident with Andy winning. I don't yeah. think it'll be by eight points like this poll. I, I still always say three to five points I, you know out, i don't know but... man I, I i think you could i think andy Bashir could lose i think he could win by 12 i really do think it's in play whether um, you lose or win by double digits yeah. nothing in the middle <laughs> i well anything in the i who knows who knows um who, yeah who no, no, and, you know i have i have next thursday i i have things to think about like all this stuff because like back in 2011 when mad bevin won jack conway had a huge fundraising advantage over him he was on the air oh, was, yeah. you know, kind of stuff and you know and, and matt bevin still won but you know yep. i just feel like the energy around those two campaigns is just it's really just really different, different. and yeah. um i saw yesterday morning a bus tour got announced for Governor Bashir, mm -hmm. and I believe a bus tour has been announced for the Attorney General. So yeah. they're all going to be on the bus. We're all going to be in these crowded rooms, supporting and cheering and screaming. So get all your vaccines before you do this, please. <laughs> <laughs> and so it'll be it'll be fun. These last fourteen days are going to be a lot. Um, I'm personally ready for it all to be over with because I'm exhausted with it all. But it's going to be fun. It's going to be nerve wracking. By the end of the day, on November 7th, I feel pretty confident that Governor Bashir is going to win again. I'm looking forward to, like, when you're my age and you're going to be having somebody on, uh, you know, that you're talking to that's, like, in their, like, 20s at that point that you're just looking back being like, oh, you think you're exhausted now. Wait until you've been <laughs> through this this many times. Yeah, um, last thing to say on in the show. Um, this is a school board update. So both Louisville and Lexington have new vacancies on their school boards, uh, which was kind of surprising that happened like in the span of a couple days. So Diane Porter resigned from the JCPS school board. She'd been there for a very long time. She's resigned for, for health reasons. Uh, chronic illness issue was, I think what they said, um, she wasn't even able to be there cause she was in the hospital. Uh, so, you know, 
She has served the JCPS school board for a very long time. She's done a very good job. Um, Tom Jones resigned from the Fayette County School Board. I didn't really know uh, as much about that. I do know that he had been, like, dinged for, like, using – he used some sort of microaggressive phrase, uh, and there was a little bit of a dust-up about that. I saw that in the newspaper. But I don't really know much about the internal politics of what's going on there. Um, but the way that these things work now is uh, they the school boards function a lot more similar to, like, a city council where, like, the board itself replaces people. It used to be that if there was a vacancy on the school board – that like the commissioner of education would replace the person, but now it is the the board itself. So we will see. Both of those places are going to be getting new school board members. Um, hopefully, uh, they're both good. All right, Allison, that's that's it. That's it for us. That's it for you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here for the past three weeks. I really appreciate you. Always, I've had so much fun doing yeah. it. You know, maybe I'll have a podcast one day. Maybe not. I don't know. I yeah. think people might. I might get in trouble because I can be kind of loud and yeah. a little spicy. Well, <laughs> I started a podcast because I was loud. So there you go. Uh, well, maybe that's to be my motivation for it. it. You know, sometimes I'll say stuff and I'll be like, "Am I in trouble for saying that?" Yeah. And they're like, "No." I'm like, "Oh, good, <laughs> great." Well, you know. It, it has been very fun to have you. We'll have you back again soon. Uh, yeah, Allison Wiseman, thank you for being here. If you want to get a hold of us, you can do so at Twitter and Facebook at MyOldKYPod. You can find our podcast at the podcasting app of your choice, and you can find us on our, our occasional newsletter at tinyletter.com slash newsletter. We're part of the Forward Kentucky Network. Thank you for listening, and we will see everybody next week. <laughs>